0: Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com Strategies, streams, and singles LegitMTG has it all Oh yeah, and now us So check us out every Friday. Friday On LegitMTG.com And stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product
1: I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here Stay up in here, Stay up in here. Magnetic, Magnetic. Magnetic. fourteen. W An Organized campaign, I'm on my third route. The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out. Superhero theme music, Ron sleep, walking, snoring. The less for art was recorded. My first stop was sway in the morning. Was written by Heather V. Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV. Now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin-check me Not before, I had to get bars right Rehearsing, was asked about my upbringing How long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, rap. look big hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake-up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule With static select the show yo. radio
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo! M T G Taps. I'm Big Head Joe.
2: And I'm Steve Marshall. And <laughs> I wanted to see how fast I could say it.
0: Yeah, I like I like how like most of the time you go, and I'm Steve Marshall. And this week it was just not Steve Marshall! <laughs> Always keep me guessing. I like it. So we're back from Houston. Uh, we did not record in Houston because Steven had a little too much playing to do to to give us any time to actually stop and talk about Magic in Houston. And not to mention the fact that the one thing I noticed while I was in Houston was how little I wanted to talk about Magic outside of the event itself. (laughs) A couple times this came up over the weekend. So, um, for one, uh, we, on Saturday night... We went to a steakhouse called Three Forks. Fantastic. highly recommended if you get a chance to go there. and we were in the restaurant, and there was a table, about eight folks or so, and they' were talking. I don't mind people talking at at restaurants. That's what you do. It's fine. socialize whatever.
2: Should be forbidden.
0: No, it shouldn't. but
2: when will the candidates take a stand on this? <laughs>
0: No more talking in restaurants! Um, and they were talking about magic. The entire time. Without deviation. They were only talking about magic. And as, as I walked around Houston and walked past magic players they were that were outside of the tournament center, they were talking to one another, and all they were talking about was magic. That's it. That's all they were talking about was magic. Like, me and Steven, we talk about magic sometimes, but we talk about a lot of other stuff that has nothing to do with magic. And it's just one of those things I noticed, and actually it got to the point where, by Sunday night, I went to a Chinese restaurant, and there was a table when I got to, when I got when they were seating me at the table, there were a bunch of people at a table talking about magic. And I asked them to move me it's like, the other side of the room so I didn't have to hear them talking about magic. Uh, so, you know, maybe I did this a lot before when the end wasn't in sight. But, now that I am about to quit playing magic, I think I know. I noticed it a lot more. And, like, I just want to talk about other things that aren't magic. And I think that something to pay attention to in your interactions with the people that you play Magic with. Find some more common interests other than just Magic. Because when the game goes away, like if you for some reason decide to stop playing the game, you're not going to really have anything in common with those people anymore. That's one of the things I'm really happy about in the time I've played, is that the like... Good friends that I've made playing this game. I mean, I've made a ton of acquaintances playing Magic that I enjoy talking about Magic with. But we have little else to talk about outside of Magic, and that's okay. It's okay to have that, you know? It's not a big deal. But if you really enjoy the people you spend most of your time with and play Magic with more than anyone else... Find some common interests outside of the game to talk to them about, because if you decide to do what I do and stop playing the game, you could potentially lose those friendships that you know that they have one thread holding them together. I, I don't know; it's just something I notice. It's not—it's not a complaint. It's not a you people talk about magic too much. No, that's okay. It's okay to talk about magic a lot, especially if it's what you spend the majority of your time doing. That's totally understandable. But it's just about... creating connections with people that go beyond the game. And that's one of the things that I really feel like I've done uh, with the people that I'm closest to in the game, is that when I I stop playing... when I stop playing, I'm not going to lose any of those connections because I have at least something else other than magic that connects me to those people and that keeps me involved with them. So I don't know, just, just, just something I observed this weekend.
2: I I like how we just spent several minutes completely trashing what is essentially the constituency Or listenership of a magic podcast.
0: I'm not trashing anybody. (laughs) I'm I'm joking. I'm not trashing anybody, man.
2: (laughs) I was just like, if you want to hear people talking about magic...
0: Well, you know, with that said, we're going to talk about magic for the next 45 to 60 minutes. But, before the call, we were talking about anything but magic. You know? After the call, if we stay on the call, which we probably won't because i got to go do other stuff, we'll probably talk about other stuff. You know? talk about music or talk about politics or whatever we talk about other things other than just magic and and I think it's important I'm not saying I'm not trashing anybody I'm just saying I think it's important for you to find additional interests that you have in common with the people you play with the most to make sure that if you want those friendships to continue past the game if you don't don't worry about it ignore me but if you'd want those friendships to continue when the game is no longer a part of your life, make sure you lock down some other sort of thing that y'all, have, y'all will have to discuss when, you're not, when you don't want to talk about magic anymore. Hello? Did, yeah, I'm here. Did, did your battery die?
2: Yeah, I'm under the desk. <laughs> uh, no, I was just doing what I always do, which is playing the devil's advocate, which is a polite way of saying just trolling.
0: Yes, you're mm-hmm. a horrible person. And yeah, that's I what I do. Uh,
2: I, I, just for- like, I just like to, I, I like to enjoy irony. Yeah, I thought it was a nice. It was a rich irony, talking about you know. oh I can't stand listening to these people talk about magic on a magic podcast. That was funny to me.
0: It's good. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, but this, the, the, but this the, is the time the, you push play on a magic podcast. It's because you're ready to hear people talk about magic for as long as that podcast is going to be. Right? Yeah. You, know, the, you, the, you don't just randomly click on a podcast on a magic podcast and go, oh man, all they did was talk about Magic the entire time. But when you're out at dinner, after a Magic tournament, it's really nice to just not have to hear about, hear card name, card name, card name, card name, coming from three tables over. That's all I'm saying.
2: Well, if I had anything to do with it, I would force broadcast this podcast to uh, all Chinese restaurants everywhere. Just, just beyond anyone's cons- consent. Just You have Anyone. to hear this now. I like it. No, uh, the point's well taken. Uh, variety is indeed the spice of life. Um, you do an actual damage to, <laughs> to yourself and your long-term happiness, I think, by focusing exclusively on one thing uh, to the de- detriment of others. I mean, that's just obvious. And it's something to remember because <laughs> sometimes you can forget it when you enjoy doing something so much.
0: True. And, you know, it's something I, w- I would have never had picked up you know, were I not close to being done playing, you know, mm. I may have, we may have spent that entire dinner talking about magic and I wouldn't have even noticed, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't at all. Um, so, you know, with that said, uh, I don't know if that just made my side of the conversation significantly quieter, but I just turned my air conditioner off because it's March 1st and it's air conditioner weather in Texas. So Woo. great. Um, Also, I want to give a belated, because by the time this posts, it will have already ended, belated congratulations to Josh uh, Krause on funding his Classic Art Tokens project and, you know, smashing it. I think he's, he he had 5,000 was his goal, and he's, as of this recording, closing in on or has closed in on $80,000 so great job and there's lots of really awesome bonus tokens to come from that it's too late to donate but I'm sure he'll have you know, he'll have the tokens available for sale in the future so uh, if you didn't donate to the campaign and you want some tokens I'm sure you'll be able to find him at some events uh, down the road So or be able to buy them from his online store I'm sure he'll have up and running but uh, so that's really cool, really excited to to have that see that success for him now uh moving on, uh, I want to talk about Grand Prix Houston because Grand Prix Houston was a lot of fun. It was great. I had a great time, and I think Steven had a great time despite kind of feeling like he was in the scene at the beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 where you're running from Freddy Krueger and you get stuck in the blood and you kind of can't move and you're just coming in closer and closer, but you're just chugging through blood. You felt just like that. That's how you would have described the feeling, right?
2: I think that is how only you could describe anything.
0: Thanks. I I, I take that as a compliment. Mm Mm-hmm. So, thank you.
2: Um, I don't even know if that's how I meant it.
0: <laughs> uh, the event itself was won by Owen Turton, wild man, uh, playing four color rally. It's like his, what, 100th Grand Prix win or something?
2: But, he's closing in on it.
0: 1,000th Grand Prix win. Um Brock Mosley is a local player. He made top eight with Mardu Green. Um, I was really excited to see that uh, Cody Lingelbach made the top eight playing Grixis Dragons. Now, this Grixis Dragons list, let me read you this list. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Four Hangerback Walker, four Bearer of Silence, four Eldrazi Sky Spawner, four Thopter Engineer, four Thunderbreak Regent, four Kologon the Storm's Fury. Does that sound familiar?
2: Yeah, relatively.
0: That's the exact creature base I played in my deck. Um, now, his spells are different. I actually like his spells. Uh, he had one Dispel, two Ghostfire Blade, four Draconic Roar, and three Murderous Cut, and then uh, 26 lands. Almost the exact same base as me, one extra sunken hollow, um, one fewer wooded foothills, and one fewer bloodstained mire, or one fewer haven of the spirit dragon. And instead had what? I don't know what he put in instead of that. But anyway, he had twenty six lands. Um, the main one main deck to spell is pretty interesting, and the two ghost Blaze are interesting because I'll tell you what, like the. Oh, what's the wild slash wild slash and the out number almost came out every single match, like they never stayed in my they never stayed in yeah and uh yeah and we and we started actually as the day went on, me and Stephen both realized that hangerback Walker just sucks, so we uh were boarding those out,
2: yeah, you just don't need four of them
0: almost at every turn, yeah, so. That was uh that was interesting. I couldn't believe that the card wasn't as good as I thought it was, um, but anyway, I had a pretty miserable well I mean a miserable record in terms of performance, but I had a great time. I did. Um, I wound up dropping at three and three because I swore up and down. there was no way I was going to play the Cape bracket. <laughs> it's not happening uh, Not at that point in the day the writing was on the wall that i wasn't going to have a great tournament at 3 and 3 now if i would have if i would have got my third loss in the final round i might have played you know but the fact that i lost like in like you know middle rounds in the day to get my third loss i was out there was just no way so and i and i and i take a lot of the deck itself i really enjoyed playing I liked playing the deck. Um, I had some trouble, and I think that's what people have said about the Dragon's deck in general. I had trouble getting my fourth land drop.
2: Hmm. How many lands does it run?
0: 26. But you need that fourth land drop to really function. Because you've got Bearer of Silence, which is essentially a a four drop and you've got thunderbrick region which is definitely a 4 drop and colagon is a 5 drop you, and but but you know even with a sky spawner you need to hit the fourth land to cast the colagon and so i had some issues there but overall the deck felt really good and the creature base was really powerful i don't regret the deck choice at all i think my obvious weakness in this event was my complete lack of knowledge of the metagame. Like, just no idea. I didn't know what deck I was playing against almost every round. <laughs> I was like, what's this? Oh, you've got Rally the An- Oh, you're Rally the Ancestors. Okay. Like, just yeah, just utter utter lack of knowledge of the format just totally cost me any sort of success with this deck, which I liked the deck. I would play the deck again. Uh, I would be happier playing the deck if I had a little more uh, experience in standard prior to the event. But, you know, with the pressure off on these things at this point, I was just kind of winging it. <laughs> no no pun intended. Cause I'm playing dragons, you know, winging
2: yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I but, get it
0: but yeah, I get it, because there's wings on a dragon, and oh, so (laughs) this is just a great story my only game that I played was against a guy named Luke, hi Luke, if you're listening for the first time Luke uh, I was sleeving my deck up I had just purchased my sleeves, and I was sleeving my deck up for for tomorrow I'd already made the decision I was too tired to play any side events Uh, but Luke was chilling and Luke said, hey man, you want to play a game, you know? I was like, okay, sure, you know, why not? I've got my playmat out, I'm sleeving up some cards, let's play Let's play a match, you know? Get, get a feel for the deck. And, you know, Luke was admittedly playing a budget deck, and he was playing a deck that you wouldn't consider, you know, one of the top tier decks, probably, maybe, you know, maybe like tier three, you know? Um, but he was playing like mono black aggro, basically. Um, and we played a match and I lost with a deck that I thought was like tier, like 1.5 ish. And I lost to his budget deck, which isn't a big deal, but you know, it's one of those things where the way magic, the tier, the way the tier system works, you should have a really good shot against a deck like that. And I did, and I lost, and that was it. And I was like, oh, seems good. (laughs) I just packed it up and just didn't use, uh, you know, didn't use that data to, like, overthink too much. But what I did do was I took, I made sure that I put the seismic ruptures that were in the Efro list that this deck is based off of. Uh, I made sure that I got the seismic ruptures from a vendor uh, and put them in the deck Props to the vendor who had them. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but one of the vendors actually had seismic ruptures with them. So I was able to get a hold of a couple. Because it was the one card I forgot to bring with me. So, yeah. One one match. And then Grand Prix. So, <laughs> <laughs> one match and lost. <laughs> and then just playing the Grand Prix. But, Anyway. So my, my day wasn't uh, the most successful in terms of playing cards, but I had a good time. And the best part about the whole weekend was I had so many awesome people come up to me and just tell me, you know, thanks for doing the show, we're going to miss you, and just different things, just lending my their support to me, and I was just really happy to hear it. Everybody was just so cool. And... um. I also want to give a special shout out to Patrick Chapin who had my favorite quote of the weekend. When I told him I was retiring for magic, he said, I'll believe it when you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to, he's going to be quite shocked unless he shows up to the Hunter Burton Memorial. But yeah. So anyway, good, good weekend for me in terms of good vibes and good times uh, you actually put up a respectable finish.
2: <laughs> I guess you could say that. Well, um, you
0: know, I mean, just just tell 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 us tell us about it first of all. Yeah, sure. You changed decks, like I you, did yeah, as, but, as usual. But well, you yeah. didn't change from you. You said it was one of the two decks. You didn't go into like black green aggro or something weird. You I, you I stuck at with it. one of. The,
2: no, yeah. <laughs> no. So I had been playing blue, red Eldrazi, and I just could not get the mana to work to my liking. Mostly because I was really greedy and wanted to play all the cool colorless lands. Um, so I was going into kind of like final testing. The on, I guess Thursday night before we were supposed to leave um, on, in, on Friday morning, and I played a league and a and a few extra games of the blue, red Eldrazi, and I think I went like two and four two and three and was just not very happy with the uh the results so i decided to just quickly try the mono red version that i had been playing before that uh just to see if, if that was still working and then immediately 5-0 the draft or not the draft the league that i entered it into so i just decided that was good enough and i went with a mono red eldrazi deck uh that kind of like what we talked about uh, last episode Um, But I still hadn't played it in paper before the GP, (laughs) which is still something I need to work on uh, for these constructed GPs. Um, Pick a deck and then actually play it in paper once, at least once before, because you just learn a lot. Like for some reason, it just didn't occur to me when I was playing it electronically, just how bad Hanger Pack Walker was Um, for some reason, holding the physical card. And just sitting and staring at it in my hand, and and, and physically turning it sideways as a one-one, I don't know. It <laughs> it really uh, made it a lot more clear how like non-impactful that card is, at least in this deck, because it seemed like I always had stuff to do with my mana at almost every point in the game. Uh, that's why with um, the Seagate Wreckage card, I ended up only. That's the uh, you can pay two in a colorless and tap it to draw a card if you have an empty hand. Right. That's why across like more than 20 matches playing mono red or blue red Eldrazi and running two to three of those in each of those decks. I only activate that ability once. Wow. Um, And even then it was a game that I was not really going to win. So that kind of just tells you that like you, almost always have a use for your mana. You're, always, you're almost always doing something. So, um, yeah, so I, I basically, without really any changes, um, registered the Monored Eldrazi deck. I, I think I changed two Fiery Impulse main deck to two Wild Slash just because in testing I had never activated Spell Mastery on Wild Slash, but I had gotten an opponent down to two life with a Fiery Impulse in hand.
0: Right, right.
2: Um, so I, I, it just seemed like at least for this deck, it was strictly better. Um, it was also, I mean, at, unbeknownst to me, it, the, the ferocious part, uh, might make a difference just because, uh, a bunch of pros showed up with a green, white hardened scales deck with, yeah. or Dramoka's command. And so a lot of the times they'll, they'll want to Dramoka's command to prevent the damage from your roast. And then if you, let's say you have like a thought not seer out, you can wild slash them. Oh and, wow! And they can't do that. Ooh. So Wild Slash got got like marginally better, and yeah. uh, the what I thought I would use it for was the uh, Bant collected company deck, which runs, I think, for Remoka's Command. So hmm. uh, that's a little interesting interaction. Like it, it almost never comes up tech, uh, usually, but with Remoka's Command, it very well could. Um. And for a while, some of the mono-green uh, Eldrazi decks were running uh, Winds of... Yeah. Winds of
0: call, Sisma, yeah.
2: Yeah, shut that down.
0: Right. It's pretty sick when that's their only, you know, their only chance of, of yeah, not they, dying.
2: They usually go all in on that play.
0: <laughs> right, right.
2: Yeah, and so the Wild Slash just seemed like it had a lot more upside in my deck than Fire Impulse. So I, I, that, that was the main switch. Other than that, it was pretty much the stock list from the last time we talked about it. Um so, I start off pretty hot, go like seven and one, and um, i can't I did not take very good notes on my matches um I did play against that uh, green, white hardened scales deck once, and they basically just got mass screwed in game three, so it didn't really matter hmm. um uh game three of round eight to go going for like eight and one um Basically, I I needed to draw a second mountain because I had two Chandras in my hand. Uh, that card was fantastic the entire uh, tournament, hmm. um, especially just because like the most popular deck is Band Company. This was this game was versus Band Company. Uh, none of the creatures are bigger than four, so this is just a hard board wipe in mono red. And you have, <laughs> although I poo poo them, hangerback walkers and more especially matter reshapers. So you wipe your board and you're getting like, you know, you're drawing an extra two, three cards or making two, or three thopter tokens uh, to say nothing of the fact that your vile aggregates, your three drops live through that. It's just kind of crazy uh, as well as your reality smashers, obviously. Um, but this is something that I might have detected had I played the deck a little bit more on paper. I just need a few more red sources and probably if like I need to go up on lands because I started with I was running 24. And I, th- I lost at least two matches, including the one to go for eight and one, just not drawing enough red sources or just not enough lands in general. Uh, cause I just never drew the second red source for the Chandra that was in my hand the whole time. Man. Um, so, uh, I basically, like, I, I got seven and two and then day two, um, kind of just crashed and burned, <laughs> um, Trying to think. Uh, round one of day two, I just lost because I played, I, just, I made a couple of just huge misplays. Um, I was basically in the same position where I, like, I just needed to draw a fifth land for uh, Chandra because I had a Hedron Crawler out. Mm-hmm. And my brain was just so focused on cast Chandra, win the game, that right. I like. after I did cast Chandra and wipe their board because they had like multiple wingmate rocks out and a whole bunch of other stuff, they were playing a uh, band collected company. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I should really get on the... Um, I don't even remember the name of the... What's the website you can log in? Planeswalker Points. The Planeswalker yeah. Points website and look it up. He's one of the Japanese guys on Team Face-to-Face. Okay. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Ryuchi something? Nah, I'm just I butchering know. at this point. Anyway, uh, my brain was so focused on just drawing that land to get to, get to Chandra, and which I eventually did. My sister, and then got a bunch of tokens from the Hangerback Walker. I just totally played into uh, Collected Company because I was only at six life, and I think he was at fifteen. So basically, I untap, have like four thought to- uh, for tokens in play, uh, cast a Reality Smasher, and then swing with everything, which was just really dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, I also thought that uh, Lumbering Falls cost five to activate. And it's only four, so he had lethal on the crack back after uh, casting a collected company. So that was just a huge misplay on my part because if I I just leave like a token or two back, uh, I have like an almost full hand, and I also have a tomb of the spirit dragon, so I could just like gain like four to five life a turn. Like it was oh, it, was, it was trivial man. to win from there. So that was a that was an issue uh, round one uh, or round one at day two round two, um, basically. Uh, that one was a little bit of variance. It was versus green, red, Eldrazi. Uh, game three, I basically need to f- fade one draw step to win the game. Uh, but he just top decked a uh, Worldbreaker. Um, so basically, I, I cast uh, ThoughtNotSeer to see land, uh, Ulamog, and Roast. Take the Roast. He top decks a Roast to kill it. <laughs> and then the next yeah. turn, I ThoughtNotSeer again. Take the Ulamog. And then that's when he top decked the uh, Worldbreaker. Breaker. Uh to, stay, so to stabilize. Good. Yeah. Because um, I had a th- uh a uh can't remember the name of it. Reality Smasher after that thought seer thought not seer to like hit him for lethal if he didn't draw anything the next uh turn. Which, you know, that's also a big assumption. Um But World Breaker is pretty good because it, it nuked the land I needed to to uh cast the reality smasher. Um and then uh, I can't really remember what happened after that. Uh, basically, after that I was like out of contention. I just uh, stopped keeping track of my patches too well. I don't have any notes on them. Um, I did know that notice that I was playing next to Christian Calcano, and he uh, during one of those rounds. And I guess his tournament wasn't going as well as he'd hoped since he was next to me. But uh, he did have a blue-red Eldrazi deck that looked pretty pretty interesting. Um, he was running multiple. Um, was it Dark Dwellers? I can't remember what that thing's called. The six drop? The five and a blue Eldrazi card?
0: Drowner of Hope.
2: That's what I'm... I'm Goblin Dark Dwellers. No, Drowner of Hope. He was running multiple Drowner of Hopes, multiple Eldrazi Sky Spawners to uh, ramp him into Ugin, which seems kind of neat. I didn't even think about playing Ugin in this deck. Um, so I like the deck a lot. I think it was actually closer to Tier 1 than... Um, you would otherwise think since it hasn't really put up any, uh, results of note yet. Right. Um, I felt competitive versus pretty much all the major archetypes. Um, I felt great versus green, red, Eldrazi ramp, uh, good versus aggro good versus I rally. I felt good versus band collective company, even though that was like two or three of the match losses. Right. Um, a lot I of felt it came
0: prepared for that. Right. That oh yeah, could...
2: totally. the, uh, let's see, sideboard. The I mean, first, Chandra's great against that deck uh, since they don't have recursion with Rally. And then uh, Chandra's Ignition is just like Chandra's 3 through 5. Because that card right. was good too. That, that that won a lot of games just on the spot casting it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I guess going forward, uh, having actually played the deck, I would trim it down to two Hangerback Walkers, um, go up to three roasts main deck just because um, Calatus, Calatus is just a pain in the butt, right. a, as is like Siege Rhino a bunch of other stuff. Because But generally, your creatures outclass all the creatures from uh, Rally, uh, like Vile Aggregate, is just better than anything they're doing. Right. Uh, other than uh, Reflector Mage, <laughs> which oh, that card is so tilting to play against. I'm so sad that there's going to be like... <laughs> Multiple rotations until that thing's gone. Yup. Uh, Doesn't affect me. Uh, <laughs> that, that third point of toughness. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would trim down on that, uh, up the interaction with the, like, an extra roast, and then just go up to at least 25 cards, and maybe even 26 pending testing of this. Uh, I'd add a couple of Battlefield forges just to get my red sources up, and uh, that's pretty much it. Nice. Uh, I, I, I realize that you just want a nice mana curve, which, I mean, the, the matches I lost pretty much were just to my mana, which is kind of ironic since I went down to a mono deck.
0: Right. Isn't um, that funny?
2: But basically not drawing enough untapped lands or enough sources of, like, double red. Because the thing is, you're running, like, you know, 3 Pia and Kiran Nalar, a Sarkhan, and two Chandra's. Uh, but I think the original deck was only playing fourteen mountains, which is just not enough red. Yeah, so I'd get I- that up to sixteen with battlefield forges and an extra land or two, um, just because the risk of flooding out is a lot lower than you think it is when you're running like so many spell lands, like you know, two Foundry of the Council, uh, Foundry of the Consoles, two Tomb of the Spirit Dragon, two Rogue's Passage, which is something I added, and that card was amazing. Uh, that card was really good. Um, and four ruins of Warren Reef, so like you're, you always have stuff to do with your mana, and the risk of flooding out so much lower, just because you know you can play ten or eleven spell lands. Right. So I'm looking forward to trying this out. I even might like, hit up a few PPTQs with it. Although for some reason this weekend there's two PPTQs, but they're both in Denton, and I don't know if they're the same day or not. I have no idea.
0: There, there is there are two on the same day. One starts in the daytime, and one is at six p.m. Oh, okay. And they're $5 each. Interesting. And the only prize is the qualification. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to be going, I have to work that day, but, and I also kind of decided to take that one off the schedule when I was realizing I'm done. You know what I mean? So, uh, I am going to play one more PPTQ, which will be the, uh, 19th at common ground, which is sealed though. Mm. So I'll, I will play that, but, uh, and if I qualify for the regional off of that, I will go play in it for sure. Um, but uh, I'm going to play in the Hunter Burton. Well, obviously, I'm playing in DC in two weeks, which is neat. Uh, but I'll play. I'm playing Hunter Burton is going to be my last uh, constructed tournament um, for a year because the one thing I, I don't think I actually mentioned. Did I, I? don't know. Did I mention it? about yeah, playing you did. in the pre-releases. See, I'm going to play the Sunday pre-releases at my local store for every set that comes out. Uh, it's a two-headed giant sealed and a solo sealed. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to play those events just for fun, just to socialize with my friends, with the people that I only talk to, to about magic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the time to to catch up with them is when you... Go to a magic event. Uh, And then I'm going to play the Hunter Burton Memorial every year because it's uh, definitely important uh, to me, because it's important to Jeff Zandy, and I want to see that event continue to be successful, so I'm going to show up every year and play. And Jeff himself is lending me a deck for the event. He is lending me Mono Green Eldrazi because Mono Green Ramp was the very first deck I ever built for myself, and it is going to be the very last deck I play as an active player. So pretty cool, pretty nice way to uh, to go full circle. So happy about that. So I- I'm really happy for you, you know, I mean, you didn't cash. That's unfortunate, but it's, it's one of those things that it's tough to break through, you know, and first of all, you made day two on, you made day two the right way, <laughs> you know what I mean? On seven or seven and two or better, so you made day two in like a real position to to compete, and that's great. Like you would have made day two multiple times if six three was the requirement before, and we wouldn't be having this moment of congratulations. You know, so uh, to me, it's like seven and two is the real way to make day two. Still, even though you can make it,
2: the well, other way. that and like just so you can get to day two and still be in contention for a top eight.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that you make day two, you got to play six more rounds of magic and there's, you know, some of the most intense rounds of magic you'll ever play. And you want to be in a position to actually put up a good result. And you were there, you know, and that, and that's cool. And now that you've done it, it'll be so much easier to do it in the future because the first one's the hardest, you know, like, Before you make day two of a Grand Prix, you feel like it's impossible to make day two of a Grand Prix. And (laughs) making day two of a Grand Prix is something that you only hear about from people who've done it. You know? Once you do it, though, you're like, oh, I can do that again. Right? I guess. (laughs) You know you can do it again now. You've done it.
2: Oh, I I didn't think it was that daunting a task to begin with.
0: But you never did it. True. True. Wasn't that daunting how the hell come you couldn't do it?
2: Eh, I mean, there's not a huge difference between six and three and seven and two. Like a lot oh, yeah, of things can, like uh, A lot of <laughs> things can, uh, can break either way for that to happen. So I, I, right. I didn't measure it as like, a, oh, like there's some like, <laughs> like barrier or whatever. I, I don't know. It's just not something I uh, uh, stressed about or uh, like I was way more down on just not entering day two at eight and one.
0: Right, right. Than
2: right. I than I than I would be normally when I was like I had win ins to make day two. and uh, right. lost.
0: Right on. Well, to me that's how it felt. So I'm glad you I'm glad you broke through it. Even if you know, even if you don't feel like it's that important. You know, the, the next time you make day two you'll 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 realize how important it was to make do day two <laughs> the first time. Uh 'Cause that's how it felt to me the second time I made day two was I was like, Oh my god, yeah, I could just do this. Like and then I didn't again for a long time, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um But yeah, it's cool. It's cool that you picked a cool deck and you liked playing it. Um Green White Hardened Scales. It it, it put up some results, but it's all like the best players playing it. I don't know if it's a real deck or not. Do you think it's a real deck?
2: Uh some of the time. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed really like it can have like just totally busted openings, um, and it seems like like I, uh, someone was talking to BBD about it, and he just thought that like the company matchup was really really good. Hmm. But mm, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure on that one. Yeah. Um. I have seen it just get the wrong draw, and because there's some cards in it, that are just a, just horrible. Without hardened scales, like yeah. um, Servant of the Scale is not a good card.
0: Right. Yeah, what? Ew. <laughs> I don't want to play that card ever.
2: Uh, Endless ones not standard playable.
0: Yeah, probably not.
2: Without, yeah, some of those effects. Um, Nyssa becomes, like, overwhelmingly good with that card. Right. Although she's right. good to begin with. Right. So I, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. It's got, like, another month left of, of life in it, so... Right, right. Unlike, uh, like, Band Company's going to be around, because that's just going to be around. Like, almost all those cards stay. At yeah, least through pretty, the next rotation.
0: That's pretty weird. Rally, well, Rally's gone. But does that, that... That doesn't run Rally, though, does it? Nope. Yeah, so, I don't know. That's crazy.
2: Band Company keeps everything. Uh, Rally actually loses only Rally the Ancestors. It's the only mm-hmm. card it's losing. Crazy. Now, the other thing that... that that I don't know, uh, like it, this. It'll all depend on what we get in Shadows over Innistrad. Is the mana base like so? The yep. fetch plus dual lands mana base goes away. That's the biggest thing.
0: That is, and that's going to be huge. And I really hope that there isn't going to be a way. I I, I really hope they don't reprint
2: Farseek. like
0: oh no the Arid Mesa and like the enemy duels or enemy fetches in uh, Shadows. I think I think that they're going to reprint them in the Eternal Master set.
2: So yeah, they'll either do I that. Don't think
0: we have, I don't think we have to worry about a uh, a standard enemy fetch land reprint anytime soon.
2: Um, I could see it like just before the the dual lands rotate again.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, possibly.
2: I, I will be glad to see them out of standard, just because it won't be like turn one and two spin shuffling.
0: Right. And, like, four-color everything won't be the format, which I'm really excited about.
2: Yeah, so I, that, that'll be interesting because, like, the tri-lands are going away and the, the fetch-lands. So I don't know what happens to standard. That could yeah. just totally make some decks completely, like, like yeah, all these four-color decks that just are effortlessly four-colors because four-colors is about as easy, if not easier, than three-colors. Like, I don't know what they do. It'll you hear, it'll depend on the dual-lands that are in uh, Shadows of Innistrad.
0: That's really funny. Why does it this is so weird. <laughs> Did you uh hear about the um the announcement for conspiracy? hmm So they announced the new conspiracy set again. <laughs> but they announced the actual name. Conspiracy Take the Crown. <laughs> oh <really? laughs> Yes. Huh. The whole announcement, the original announcement was, was fake to set up the Assassination of Brago.
2: Oh, weird.
0: Isn't that great?
2: That's funny. The,
0: the tagline is, you stab my back and I'll stab yours. It says, clearly the crown is up for grabs. Will you claim it? Claim it? No more jokes. No more intrigue. For real this time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you would that like great? that.
0: This is great. And it actually says, number of cards, 220. And it's crossed out and it says 221. I really don't know what that's about. That's weird. But I like it. (laughs) Very odd. Um, Another interesting thing um, that was announced is that um, they said that, you know, the best of five matches for Sunday playoffs at the Pro Tour have been a success. They're changing the way sideboarding works in those matches. In the Sunday Pro Tours and at the Magic: The Gathering World Championships, starting with Pro Tour Shadows of Innistrad in Madrid, the first two games played in a best of five playoff match on Sunday will be pre-sideboarded games, and after game two, the players may change cards as normal. So, wait, it's kind of interesting.
2: What do they mean by pre-sideboard? Like no sideboard, or you show no up
0: sideboard? No side. Okay. Oh, pre no pre-sideboard. Not pre-sideboarded. Sorry, I must have read that wrong.
2: Oh, Pre, okay.
0: Pre-sideboard games. Got it. So no sideboard cards can be used in games one or two, which is odd, but it makes sense. Man, it, it, whoever's
2: it, playing Affinity in the last uh, top modern Pro Tour top eight must be kind of mad now.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> um, we also had a couple additional... Spoilers, just a real quick go over. Goblin War Chief is the May F and M promo. Oh,
2: please make that modern legal. Pretty That'd be cool. so sweet. They should. They um, should print that in it's set. They won't. And then
0: no, they're, they're cowards. They you never know. Maybe they do. Who knows? Um, then we got a couple, two more shadows spoilers. Um, one is Clip Wings, which is a terrible card name. This is the this terrible card name. Is this set is the worst card names of any set? And so, clip wings is one in a green. It's an instant. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with flying.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: It's a crappier plummet. I don't like it.
2: Although yeah. it can
0: kill some of the bigger hexproof dragons.
2: Yeah, it can Oh, it, that's right. It can kill uh,
0: Silumgar. Um, it can kill Ojutai. Ojutai. Yeah, so it can kill those. That's
2: um, interesting. the green white angel from the first Innistrad. Actually, yep. no, because it
0: wait. Huh? It can't. Okay, why? What is it
2: Well What's Cigar the is the the five five flying hexproof creature from uh Avacyn.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh it's flying hexproof, but spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to sacrifice permanents.
0: Ha! That's awesome.
2: That's kinda funny. That's,
0: that's kind of cool. Um uh, so the last card is Brain in a Bottle. It costs two, it's an artifact. Tap one and tap it, put a charge counter on it. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Brain in a Bottle from your hand without paying its mana cost. And then three tap, remove X charge counters from Brain in a Bottle, Scry X. Kind of neat. Um, I wonder if this tap ability lets you play sorceries at instant speed. Yes. Cool. Okay. Well, then that makes this even better.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really see neat.
0: it. It's cool. I, it could be cool. Um, it's, it's
2: like birthing pod, but for spells that you can reset.
0: It's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a way to I don't know. It, it's interesting.
2: It's it's a really cool card. It does something that hasn't been done before, and right. I am confident we'll see no constructed play.
0: Cool. I don't disagree with you, but still, couple couple spoilers trickling in. I'm sure we'll get some of the the bigger ones in a couple of weeks here. Uh, so you're going to go... Are you going to go to Denton then this weekend play?
2: Uh, Um, play? It's probably not, even if I have, like, a free weekend. Hmm. That's so far.
0: Yeah, Denton is, like... It might as well be Hawaii.
2: I mean, like... I don't know. If it's, like It's it's not as far as Waco, I guess. That's about all I right. can say.
0: But you'd still rather drive to Waco than Denton. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> like telling. That's telling about how crappy of a place Denton is
2: um yeah it's just
0: Jason Lee lives in Denton did you know that no voluntarily he like went there for some reason visited there and he liked it so much he like moved there
2: it's got a cool music scene I guess it's got a cool music scene a lot of bars a lot of pizza if you like pizza music and beer you know what this doesn't sound too bad I'm already
0: anyway. back on board. Anyway, well, I'm not going, um, so I won't be playing standard. But if you go, maybe we could talk about your thing next week. But uh, are, are you going to play a little online, test your deck, or?
2: Uh, I mean, it depends. I don't know. Probably it's not. Bored.
0: Next week, I think I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about limited because I want to. I want to prepare for. Um, for Grand Prix DC, <laughs> I really. I'm being counted on by my teammates to uh, to be the glue that holds this team together. And I don't feel like glue right now. I just feel like water. <laughs> I feel like if you put me on some paper, I'm just going to make the paper tear. I ain't going to make things stick together. But anyway. So maybe, maybe we'll do a crash course on on, on Battle Oath Sealed Limited. What's good? What's bad? I just haven't really wrapped my head around it too much. So sure, um, we'll talk about that stuff next week. But I think that's all we have for this week. Was there anything else? I feel like we're missing something. But
2: um, no.
0: Okay. Uh, so that's all we have for this week. Until next time, we are M T G taps.
2: Stop bitching. Start
1: brewing. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on the press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on the press run. Yo, the rhyme raise more eyes once I arrive through the door. YoMTG MTG Taps is available
0: every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to Yo, Taps at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at Twitch.tv/legitMTG. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you
1: next week.